heart, church. Do you believe what you're singing this morning? Singing with conviction. That's fantastic. Great to see you in the house of God this morning. Why don't you give someone a fist pump or an elbow on your way down? Take your seats. So if you're visiting with us today and it's your first first time here at One Heart Church, I want to give you a really, really great family welcome to you. So glad that you could come and take the time to be with us this morning. It's great to see Amy Maloda, the the, uh, the most famous intern we've ever had, is with us today. So she's uh, been in New Zealand uh, and back in the land of Australia. So great to have you with us, Amy. So, so good to be in church this morning. And if you're watching on live stream, great to have you with us as well. So that is good news that you can tune in to us today. Well, it's been a really, really crazy week uh, in the you know, the Air Peninsula in South Australia with weather going crazy, floods and uh, all kinds of crazy things happening. A few houses in Cummins were destroyed. And I just want to say, um, we as a church will do what we can to help those families. So if you know who they are or how we can contact them or if there's been any um, appeals for them, we want to be on board with that. So please let us know if you know what, some way we can help those, those families. So... Um, you would remember, uh, if you've been part of the church, I began a, a series last year on the kings and the temple. Give me a wave if you remember that. Jeff, up the back, he gave me a big wave. Jansen, get a free coffee after as well as you've been listening. <laughs> but uh, I did promise then that I would launch into end time series beginning uh, with that series on the temple. So they go together. But if you miss those, you can get back on the uh, podcast and you can listen to those ones. Just um, go to our podcast and then find the Kings in the Temple series and you can listen to all that. But um, uh, listen to that, it will be good. But um, <clears throat> I want to, I do want us to, to look into the, the idea of the end times that Jesus spoke about. Now there's a word that they use in Bible college, all your Bible college students, give me a wave, all those who graduates and all those else, you would have heard this word, it's called eschatology. It's basically uh, the, the, uh, a word that, talk, that means, I'm trying to think of things here, it's, 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 it's bringing bad flashbacks of Bible college to me. It, it means, it's a word that describes the end of the world or end times teaching. And um, it's setting up God's kingdom, talks about all that. Um, events like the rapture, the last judgment, and the resurrection of the dead are mysteries that are revealed in the scripture. And that word eschatology is a study of all those things. So who's just learned something new this morning? Fantastic. Just say yes, yeah, that's awesome, that's wonderful. But the Bible, uh, I think we need to realize that the Bible doesn't give a clear chrono- chronological order of events of what we're talking about. So, so it does give us a clear indication of what we should expect, but perhaps not the timeline in sequence. So some of the things we might think, well, you know, they slot into different parts, but we need to have wisdom to try and figure out how it all works together. So uh, I will say that uh, the temple, the, the old temple of Jerusalem, uh, built by the kings of Israel, um, it... it has great significance interpreting the times. So we, we need wisdom, we need understanding, we need to you know, delve into uh, the, the, the story of the temple 
to interpret some of the things that we see in end time. So we will, um, over the course of this series, match all those things together and you'll see how it all connects. Is that good? <clears throat> so our first scripture this morning is Matthew chapter 24. That's going to be the basis of our, uh, our preaching this morning. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they'll be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. So Jesus' first point to understanding end times prophecy relates to the temple in Jerusalem. It's a really important point. So when this launches Jesus into a whole explanation of end times, but it starts with a question about, look at this temple. And then Jesus uses that to launch into teaching his disciples some, some truth. So Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Later, Jesus sat down on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? So the disciples ask a double-sided question. They, they knew that when Jesus was to return to heaven that also meant the end of the world that was controlled by sin and death. And Jesus gave them and us seven signs or seven signals of his return and the end of this world. And we are wise to recognize the signs and make ourselves ready. So the disciples asked these, this, this double-sided question. Now, we, we've got to realize that they didn't know that Jesus had to die first. Because Jesus you know, explained it over and over again that he'd be handed over to sinful men, that he would be crucified and died. And, and then right up until the very end, they still didn't understand what he really meant. They thought, is he talking in riddles, another parable? Uh, not really sure what he means. And it came as a shock to them when Jesus was arrested and taken away. And, and they all scattered in fear because they weren't expecting that. Um, so <clears throat> let's look at these signs of the end of the age that I just want to say we, we need to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom to help us to understand the signs and what they mean. So why don't we do that right now? Just bow our heads. I'm going to pray that right across this place this morning, the Holy Spirit may uh, begin to download wisdom into every single spirit, into every single heart here today, that we may understand the truth of the days in which we live and have more and more clarity to these things and I ask and believe in the name of Jesus, you will open our minds. Amen. So some of the things that, there are actually 10 things listed, but I've put a few together under one heading because I think they all relate together. So I've only got seven headings. But this is um, what they are. False messiahs will come. So the, the disciples asked Jesus two questions. What are the signs of the end of the, of the, end of the thing? So this is what Jesus said. <clears throat> Number one, false messiahs will come. Now, those who would claim to be Jesus, those who would claim to be the Lord. Now, I know probably in Australia we don't have a lot of people running around saying that they are Jesus. Um, but there are, I think in the US, there's any number of people who gladly proclaim that they are Jesus in the flesh. Again, uh, that's not true. They're false messiahs. But I think it, is a, it would be broader to include 
the myriad of false religions and gods that we see around the world today claiming to be as good as Jesus, claiming to be the same as, as Jesus, but then they're, they're nothing like Jesus. They're false messiahs, uh, false doctrines, false teachers who claim to have a, a, a connection to God which is false. So that's uh, um, what I see in that. It, n- number two says wars and threats of wars. Now, in 2020-21, there was no less than 40 armed conflicts around the world. Uh, 40 army, army against army, like fight, fighting going on. Um, so we have, at the moment, developing tensions in Eastern Europe right now that you, know, you would be aware of, and uh, that would be classed as a threat of war. And the, Jesus said, you're going to see these things as a sign of the end of the age. You're going to see wars and threats of wars. In some versions of the Bible, it says rumors of wars. And we're, we're seeing that right now uh, happening in the world. Um, number three, it says famines. Uh, right at the moment, as of now, there is anywhere up to 45 million people facing severe food insecurity. Um, now, before we go blaming God for that, you know, because many people would say the smoko room philosophers would always say, oh, that's, you know, where's God when there's all these people starving in the world? Where's God? Well, the, the reality is research tells us that the main cause of famine is the result of war and conflict. So that comes from the actions of people uh, who cut off supply to people to eat food. So... <clears throat> Again, when it comes to, to the smoker room philosopher, they'll all say, say religion is the cause of all wars, all world conflicts, all, all, all based from religion. Well, actually, in the modern era, and even, even uh, before that, we can't attribute you know, Christian faith, especially, as being the, the cause of war. If we really look at the research and find out, it's, it's socialist, socialist communism is, has been in the modern era, by far the, the largest cause of conflict and war around the world and has killed more people over all the generations. So isn't that one to, to awaken our thinking? So, um, so we see there's, there was false messiahs, wars and threats of wars, famines, earthquakes. Uh, there's been a steady increase of seismic. Everyone say seismic. It's a big word. I'll give you another new word. Um, the big increase of seismic activity of both intensity and frequency uh, year on year around the world. And so that is, that is a, um, a fact that we see that earthquakes are increasing, that the number of earthquakes and the severity of earthquakes is increasing around the world, not, you know, not isolated at any single place. Um, number, number five is persecution of the church. Uh, Jesus said you'll be arrested, you'll be killed. Um, hated all over the world. Um, in a 2019 report from the BBC, and I, I'll quote it exactly, in some regions, the level and nature of persecution is arguably coming close to meeting the international definition of genocide according to that adopted by the UN. So this is a you know, non, non-Christian, non-church uh, news service that has identified persecution against the 
the church, persecution against Christian at a level that you could describe as genocide around the world. There's no less than 50 countries around the world that are actively, openly hostile to Christianity. In those 50 countries, and, and there is more, it's illegal to own a Bible. It's illegal to gather together to, to, to have church. Uh, you know, if you are openly Christian, you can be uh, expect levels of persecution, imprisonment, property, um, uh, confiscation, all kinds of uh, persecution, even summary execution by, by angry mobs can happen in those places. So we're seeing that increasing, not decreasing in the world today. Um, where are we up to? Persecution. Uh, and when you see number six, you think, well, probably that might be connected to number five. It says, many will turn away. Now, I'll put the next three under that heading. Many will turn away because I think that they are connected to each other. Um, <clears throat> because of false prophets. I said there'll be false prophets will arise to deceive. And I think there, there'll be uh, people who will want to gain a, 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 a gathering around themselves for their own motivations, for their own reasons, not serving God just to, to you know, for whatever reason. But false prophets who deceive uh, will cause many to turn away. Uh, the second thing it says, sin will be rampant. And I believe the line between right and wrong will be gone. And sin will, th- 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 there won't be a definition of sin. And I think as the, the, one of the things of persecution against the church is to disallow the use of the Bible which gives us the, the clarity between how, how we live and how God wants us to live. It clearly defines sin and righteousness. And so when that is being eroded, when that is being removed from society, then sin will be rampant. So we'll see that. Sin will be rampant in the last days. And, and the third part of that, under that heading, is love will grow cold. So out of a confusion and false teaching and, uh, and, and uh, the, the sin factor not being dealt with appropriately within the church, people's love will grow cold and it will cause them to turn away from God. So we will see a great turning in the church. So you'll see, you, you know, there'll be times where you'll go, what about all those people who've come through church and we know they've had an experience with God. We know that they were genuinely touched by the, the Holy Spirit, and we'll see all these things. And you'll say, but they're, they're, they've turned away. It'll, it'll be a, a great turning away in the last days. Then number seven, I love this part, because even though that goes on, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world, so that all nations will hear it. So even amongst all that turning away, all that, all that confusion, all that breakdown within the, 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 those who believe among the church, it says the good news will be preached everywhere to all nations. So <clears throat> I love that part. So if we move to, uh, and then it says that we, not, we can't miss this part, uh, then the end will come. So Jesus says, here's the signs and that's the end. So we need to be wise, we need to be sensible, we need to be awake and aware of the signs that are happening around us so that we can be prepared for the end. So uh, this is not supposed to be a, um, a, a scary message, it's a, a message of faith and hope and power of God. So Matthew chapter 24 verse 33, 
It says, Jesus said, in the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. So uh, Matthew 24, verse 42. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know that day your Lord is coming. So remember this conversation and all this that, that Jesus is downloading to his disciples all started with Jesus talking about the, the destruction of the temple at that time. So he's saying that this is going to be demolished. So from Moses and the prophets, they spoke of the Messiah, a saviour that was coming. Jesus is that saviour and he came and dealt with the world's sin once for all time. We see that in Romans 3 verse 21. You look that up, it's a, it's a great description there of Jesus and the, the uh, prophets speaking of him. <coughs> Pardon me. Then Jesus returned to the Father <coughs> with the promise to come back for his people, those redeemed by his blood. We call that the church. So when you're redeemed, when you're born again, when you have Jesus as your saviour, you enter into the family of Jesus Christ, which is his church. You can't tell me you're a believer if you don't belong in the church. If you don't love the church, then you don't love Jesus. So that's, that's as strong as it can get. We, we are born again into a family of believers. It's the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for. It's the bride of Christ, the pure spotless bride that Jesus describes in the book of Revelation that he's coming back for. And that's us. That's you who believe. So we look forward to that day. So <clears throat> uh, we don't want to miss the rapture. I'm not speaking on the rapture as such today as a, as a, a theme or as a subject. But I want to tell you what Jesus was saying. See all the signs. It means I'm at the door. I'm coming back. You don't want to miss that moment. So uh, I'm not even going to explain to you that, that rapture word or what that means. But we, we need to look forward to that. And I'll, I want to explain that another day. We don't have time for that this morning. But what happens next, which I do want to talk about today, is judgment day. So let's look into this this morning. Hebrews 9 verse 27, it says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. <clears throat> so death and then face judgment. It's a very unpopular concept in an age where everyone wins a prize. It's like it, it's very unpopular today to talk on judgment. So judgment is not a new concept, but it is mis misunderstood even by Christians. So I think um, just in the book of Matthew alone, Jesus mentions at least six times the phrase judgment day. And that's not looking at any of the other gospels, it's just the book of Matthew. But it is a culmination, the final curtain on world history, and everyone gets a turn before God. Now I know many people have a great um, um, issue with the thought of judgment. How dare God judge me? How dare God sit in judgment over the world? You know, so unfair. But I found a scripture that mentions both the Lord's return and judgment from the Apostle Paul. 
And while we're looking at that, maybe the musicians can come back and join me, please. First Thessalonians, verse 1 to 10. And Paul is talking about the Thessalonian church, a church in Greece. and says, and they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven. They're looking forward to the rapture moment. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, he is the one who has rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. Pardon me. Paul mentions that they are looking forward to the return of Jesus and that he has rescued us from judgment. So to those who think, how dare God subject us to the indignity of judgment? Please stop a moment on this thought. Jesus sacrificed his righteous blood for our unrighteous sin upon the cross. Jesus faced the judgment of man, bearing the shame that anyone who believes in him may stand before God on judgment day and be declared not guilty. That's the amazing part of the good news. If you want further reference, read Romans chapter 3 and Romans chapter 5. gives great insight into the, into the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus, into the... the um, Uh, substitute of Jesus for our sin that makes makes a way for us to stand clean before the righteous God. The other thing I will say about judgment is we can't judge God on earthly scales. God's judgment will be completely righteous. Something like we don't know about, we wouldn't even understand it. It's completely fair, completely true and completely just and justify. So today, may I invite you to have your peace with God. Be believers believing in Jesus, that He's given His life for you. Jesus wants you to know that we have security in Him. Now, this may relate especially to someone here today who's away from God. The Lord says to you, come home. The Lord says, come home again. You don't have to think of judgment with fear. You don't have to think of the end times as well. I think I'm going to miss something. You can have confidence and peace and security that Jesus is coming for you and you can be ready. The way in which you do that is you put your confidence in God. You put your faith in Jesus. You have your daily, you you bring yourself before God and say, Lord, will you forgive me? Forgive me of my thoughts. Forgive me of my sin. Daily help me walk closer to you. Now it's not a journey of um, doing things to please God. It's being justified by the blood of Jesus. It's holy and completely the power of Jesus who was righteous, who gave up his life for your unrighteousness. That's the power of the good news people we don't want to miss the rapture day we don't want to miss that moment by not being ready so I want to charge you today and encourage you today let Jesus into your heart let it be an ongoing washing an ongoing journey of discovering more and more of God's plan for you so can we perhaps just close our eyes wherever we are today because Jesus wants you to be whole 
And I, I just really have a sense there's somebody here, maybe there's a few people who you've allowed your life to slip away. You've allowed distance to be created between you and the relationship you should have with Jesus. I'm speaking to you this morning, not again, not in judgment, not in condemnation, but with love and with concern for you to be ready on that great and glorious day. If that's you today, no one's looking around. You can just raise your hand and say, yes, I need to make things right again. Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to join with you. Thank you. I see that hand. God bless you for being so brave. We're going to pray something together. For those of you who may think, well, this could, can we just have our prayer up, please? Some people might think, well, this is just a generic thing. In a sense, it may look like that. But when we believe it in our heart, it has spiritual power and spiritual breakthrough that gives us confidence that we're walking with Jesus. Jesus said in Romans, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You'll be born again. You'll be a new creation. And that's something we need to strive for because on that day of the rapture, on that day of judgment, it's only those who have been born again that enter into the blessing of God. And God's not saying, hey, I'm going to discriminate. He doesn't want to discriminate. He he wishes that all would turn to Him in repentance and be saved. That's God's plan for the whole world. It even says in the in the Word of God that God has delayed the days until that day to allow for as many as will believe in Him to believe. He's not fair, uh, He's not being unfair, but He's being completely fair to allow time. So let's pray this prayer together, believing in our hearts, especially if you've been away from God. Jesus is saying right now, welcome home, welcome home. Welcome home. You can be sure. You can be sure. You can be sure that when you stand before the Father, He will see you justified because of your faith. Maybe we should just stand together as we read, if we will. And I'll just lead you in this prayer, and I encourage you to pray together. If you're praying this for the first time or as a rededication of your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you. It is a new day, a new season, a new power is coming your way, a new clarity. God wants to walk with you, so let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, you can take your seats again. I just want to finish by saying, no one need be condemned on judgment day. All can be given the gift of eternal life through Jesus. I look forward to be able to share more with you on this end time series on our eschatology campaign and I just pray that uh, you know, we, we be ready 
make yourself ready for the Lord's return. God bless you, church. Thanks, Josh.